all right guys welcome in happy thursday i hope you guys are having a great week um you are listening to the podcast true selfie it's brooke your host and our special guest this week is jesse (laughs) i I thought you were gonna introduce me my bad i'm gonna do it myself i'm jesse brooke's husband as uh from the other week still her husband even after that podcast Yep, and you guys actually loved him. So surprisingly, he is back for just another poppin' week. Um, and he is so thrilled to be here, aren't you, Jess? Unbelievably, I am. <laughs> I don't think they believe I, you. Well, I enjoy this with you. I don't mind it at all. I like to be in, uh, surprised and uh, I'll put off my game. This is torture for him. Ah, it's all right. We'll get through it together. All right, so like last time, we are not... We did not give him a clue as to what the topic was today. And so um, I think this one will be pretty easy for you because you're great at this. And so you should probably have a lot of tips and tricks and advice for marital relationships. Do you have any idea what the topic is today? Well, if it's something I'm really good at, I think, I, do I need my toolbox for this? We're going to talk like no. car repair. No. no. Small no. engines. No. No. Nothing. We are talking about communication. Oh, okay. Is that All what right. you thought? Well, I didn't have any thoughts. Um, I wasn't sure where my brain would go if I tried to figure anything out. But let's talk. Let's communicate today. We're going to communicate. And Jesse is really good at communicating. It's funny because most times people talk about being married and the wife is always, or the girl is always the number one communicator in a you know marriage relationship. But ours is actually reversed. I actually hate talking and the irony <laughs> of having a podcast is quite funny to me because I don't like to talk. I am not someone that likes to call people. I'm a very um, introvert type person. I'm a homebody. I don't like to be in big crowds. Those kind of things scare me and I just, I don't enjoy them. And so when we think about our relationship and just me and Jess um, as communicating, he's the number one communicator. He's the one that talks all the time. He's the one that keeps conversation going. (laughs) And so um, I think he's going to excel really well in the conversation today. It's very interesting because I think you're... The the way you're talking about communication, you are there. I think there's a difference. You're an amazing communicator when it comes to communicating as far as in details, plans, specifics, what you want, what you need. I, I think you are the better communicator. Um, as far as maybe expressing feelings. Not even, I mean, I'm talking about specific events. Like when you need something to happen, you make sure that people know about it, that they have all the information that they need to make that happen. Uh, I feel like I'm more of a talker and a rambler. Just like a random conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Things which, that don't matter. <laughs> which might not be communication at all other than maybe I'm just like a noisemaker. That's <laughs> I just can't, great. I can't yeah, stand silence. You're like silence. one of those like, horns in the football stadium. Yeah, so you just call me an air horn? <laughs> <laughs> like a, a fog horn or something? That's exactly what I just called you. Yeah, I'm interested in your definition of communication. No, I think, I think a lot of marriages have a... Maybe they're great at making noise, you know, they're great at talking, but as far as like communicating, being on the same page, being, um, expressing your feelings, all of those things, I feel like a lot of marriages, if you look at like, what are like the top three things, three things that people struggle with in a marriage, communication is always one of those three things. 
And I think that's um, number one, probably because we're completely different people. We're man versus woman. By design. And um, we communicate differently. And we, um, you know, communicating in a tough subject I think a lot of times men don't like confrontation in that way. Would you agree? This is me being silent. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah. Uh, Confrontation is, uh, I think men are good at certain types of confrontation and bad at other. Expressing your feelings. I think women are very emotional beings and we like to talk about our feelings. We like to be heard. We like to be listened and when we're not on the same page, that I think that's where communication, I think a lot of times communication is to the point where, you know, women feel like they're misunderstood or like a husband doesn't care um, when we're in those tough subjects. And I think it's a lot of the time it's just because we're too, we look at communication differently. Yeah. When you say that women feel misunderstood, it's, it's probably because they actually are. <laughs> Like, guys don't understand. Like, it's not... I'm not going to say all the time it's not for lack of effort. Because sometimes we probably don't try hard enough to understand. But there's just some things about you that I will never understand. I will um, learn how to work with them. But I, I do not understand. So that is a fact. For sure. (laughs) Because we're different. We are different. You're totally right. We are different. Yeah. I don't think like you say, you know, um, you want to like talk about your feelings and and whatnot and all that. And I don't think guys have feelings. We don't really have anything to talk about in that (laughs) arena. I think guys do have feelings. (laughs) We just have to try to find them and pull them out of you a lot of times. Good luck. We spend most of our life suppressing them. So when we're thinking about communicating and we find ourselves in the tough conversations, um, we've had tough conversations quite a bit in our marriage. Would you agree? (laughs) (laughs) There's been some. Yeah. Yeah. They they happen. That's all there. When you put two beings together who are different, then yeah, there's going to be some tough conversations here or there. So, um, in tough conversations, I kind of want to start with the first thing that we should always do when communicating with our spouse and we feel like maybe we aren't, um, coming into an agreement on a topic or we find that we're not communicating enough. I think about the scripture that says, seek first the kingdom of God. I think a lot of times we go into communicating with someone and, in the moment we're heated, I feel like I get more heated than Jesse does in communicating. Um, but in the moment we're heated, in those moments we need to pull back, chill for a sec, ask God, you know, what what does this look like? What, you know, this is my frustrations. These are my things. Instead of pulling your frustrations and your emotions out on the other person, we need to first make sure that we've taken it to God. Um, because the, the scripture is what seek ye first, the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added to you. Um, a lot of people can take that probably out of context, but God desires for a man and a wife to be in unity with each other and communicating on a level of intimacy and, um, all of those things. And 
only he can bring that to a full circle. Only he can bring fullness into a marriage and a unity in that way. And so I think when we're upset and we're frustrated, make sure that we first have, you know, stopped and asked God, you know, how can I, you know, explain this to him? I think sometimes too, that, you know, for us, we are on two different spectrums. Like I stay home. I don't have someone to talk to all day. He's at work. He talks all day long. And so when he comes home from work, sometimes he's exhausted and he doesn't want to have a full blown conversation, something that may be bothering me, you know, all day long. The second he gets home, I'm like, Hey, can we talk about this? And he's exhausted. And the timing sometimes just isn't right. Would you agree? Yeah, I would. You, you mentioned, you know, seeking God first, um, everything, on this earth is to be here for the glory of God. So your relationship should be given God the glory. So you need to make sure you need to take a step back and look at it. Um, maybe not necessarily try to just fix it right away, but make sure that it's doing what it's supposed to. It's designed to give God glory. And that that's going to take quite a bit of communication on that. And yeah, the, t- the timing of communication is very very important um we are on the road a lot to church and some of those times are great times for us to talk and communicate and some of them rides are just quiet rides uh there are times when we we're leaving a church meeting or headed there or something and brooke is just brainstorming and just uh trying to hit me with all kinds of thoughts and ideas and i'm just trying to keep you know a 70 mile an hour missile on the road as we're we're going down the interstate so sometimes it's hard for me to focus and uh, and i see frustration in her in that every once in a while and but it's a good time we're not we don't always get time to sit down where we're next to each other and really communicate in detail and we spend a lot of hours on the road right i think focus was something that you said was is also really important because Um, I mean, last night we were at dinner or after dinner, trying to just clean up the kitchen and Jesse was trying to tell me something that happened at work that day. And the kids were just like, you know, screaming (laughs) and running around the kitchen and being completely kids, you know, Mm -hmm. and he had tried to get the story out probably five or six times. And then at the end he was just like, I don't even know what I was talking about. (laughs) And I like, there needs to be a set time. I think a lot of times marriages Um, don't make the time to sit down and enjoy one another and communicate. And it doesn't even have to be about a heavy topic. It doesn't even have to be about frustration. Um, You know, the other night, Jesse did something really powerful and it meant a lot to me. He, it was a night, I think that maybe we didn't have technology for the kids and they were upstairs and doing something. And he just said, you want to play some cards? And I'm like, it was a weeknight. Like we don't, we don't normally play cards ever. Like, unless it's like a family get together, That's true. but he asked if we wanted, if I wanted to play cards with him and me and him played cards and, um, you know, just laughed and spent time together. And, you know, so many times we sit down and we, you know, maybe try to watch a movie or something, but we're not like really invested or communicating or spending quality time with each other. And that's really important in a marriage. Um, you think about communicating, like, you know, making sure we're on the same schedule and, and those kind of things. And we can talk about like practical ways in a little bit, but you as a couple have to make time for each other. Your relationship is far more important than you and your child's relationship, your relationship as a family. Um, 
you know, your family's only going to survive and thrive if the marriage is surviving and thriving and making time for one another and making sure it's a focused time together and not just, um, you know, communicating here and there when we're, you know, trying to get the kids in the shower or, you know, doing homework or whatever it is. We need to have time for each other um, because if we're not coming together on a daily basis um, and sometimes that may not have, it may not be able to happen just with how busy, you know, your schedule may be, but make time for it, you know, weekly make time for date nights. So you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're communicating, you're seeing, you're, you're spending time. Um, you know, you, you guys need to invest in that. It needs to be an intentional decision to invest. Yeah. We did have a communication lapse during the card game. We decided to play a card game that I remembered, uh, like playing when I was growing up, but I couldn't really remember the rules. And then you look up the rules online and then you kind of get a little snippet of it, but then you kind of go back and forth with like, I don't feel this is right. And I'm like, that's what the internet says. And so we had to come into an agreement on the rules. Um, also remember that in this communication, the intentional time that, uh, your children are watching you, um, and they will, they a hundred percent will pick up your good and bad habits. So if you have bad habits, try to think like what that's going to look like 15 to 20 years down the road when your children are doing that with their spouse. I do remember, um, like my dad bringing home flowers for my mom. And, um, a long time ago, it was a thing to buy like giant cards. Yeah. They were like three foot tall they birthday cards. Do they still have yeah. them? Oh, I must not be buying enough cards. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Do you I don't pick? want a big oh, card. No, I didn't please. Think cards so. I didn't, are overrated. I didn't, they're expensive. Yes. I'm just going to print them off on paper. And, just write me a love note. Oh, I'm totally ooh, fine with that. Okay. See, guys, there's a top tip, a pro tip right there. <laughs> Cheap and worth lots of points. But I remember my dad doing those things growing up. And I remember when... Brooke and I were dating that, uh, I would, I would buy flowers and then I would, uh, as I would leave her house late at night, I would put a flower in her car or something like that. So she would get it the next day. That was sweet. Yeah. So. (laughs) I remember those days. Oh, come on. (laughs) But, but just know that what just uh, try to envision again, your child, you're doing it for your relationship but your children are, are witnessing it. And we all know that they learn things um, from us, from seeing us. That's really good because I was going to talk about their, um, you know, when you think about your marriage, you have to have a vision for your marriage. Um, you know, I think about a few years ago, we sat down on a date night one night in Applebee's. Or no, it was Red Lobster, maybe. I don't know which one you have to... And um, it was just a really refreshing date because we we didn't do anything like super you know fabulous or anything but we had dinner and we just said you know we're really proud of where we've been the last five or six Mm -hmm. years where do we want to like what do we see ourselves in the next five years you know and that's good because that gets us visually on the same page where do we want us do we want do we need to see us 
you know, at this dollar amount, you know, making this much, or do we need to see us maybe pulling back in some areas? Maybe we're overworked. Maybe we're overscheduled. Maybe we need to take some things off our plate. Um, where do we see our family? You know, our, you know, in five years, Kendall is going to be at this point in our life, in her life. You know, what does that look like for us? And having a vision, um, you know, scripture says without a vision, people perish. And I feel like that's the same way for marriage. If you are not um, coming together as a spouse and as a team and making a vision for you, not only your marriage, but your family, you know, giving yourself something to shoot for, giving yourself something to hope for, um, you know, maybe you're not spiritually on the same page, it's okay for one of you to take that vision to God and say, you know, God, this is where I want to see my family. This is where I want to see my fa- my marriage. We're not on the same page spiritually, um, you know, but I desire and write it out. You know, scripture is so clear about writing out your the vision that you have and making it plain for people to see and write that out, you know, pray on that, um, come together with your husband or your wife and say, you know, this is where I want to see us in, you know, five years. And again, that's an intentional focused communication conversation that you have to make time for. I, I do now remember which uh, date night that was. And I remember us looking around for a restaurant, which is always a very difficult thing to do in a marriage. Talk about communication. Uh, if you if you want to have some crazy experiences, try to pick a restaurant to go eat. Ooh, do you know what? I just saw something Uh-oh. about that. Oh, careful. I'm starving. No. Um, a man oh. in his phone. This is a good tip for you men here. He, under his wife's contact in the notes section, he put all of her um, like favorite items from restaurants. So if ever he was out, and he needed to know what her what she liked from Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. He could pull it up and look like Ooh. Starbucks order. He could pull oh, it up. Oh, Starbucks and look. apps killer well, for that. Well, the app is great, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, is that not a great idea? Yeah, let's let's test it. What the? No, don't put me on the spot like this. No, I no, I'll eat anything. So I'm really easy. I was going to say name a restaurant, and I will try to predict oh. what you would order. Oh, do you think you could do it? I don't know. I don't even think I know what I would order. <laughs> you don't. That's what's funny. Yo, we're coming up on like, you know, McDonald's or something. We're 20 minutes out. I'm like, look at the menu on your phone. I'm like, that's why you got a phone. And uh, I'm like, is Taco Bell's the same thing every time we come here? Like, it's I not. I not know it's what you not. want. Give me a number eight with no lettuce and a large Mountain Dew. That's just the difference in a man and a woman. You're very like routine. I like if there's but, a new thing, I kind of want to try it, but then I'm scared. And so I come back and forth if it would be worth it or not. I'll order a number eight, but I'll also eat a one, a two, a three, a four. I'll eat anything. Just bring me something home to eat. Okay, back to that night. So I remember one thing I remember about that night is the difficulty in choosing a restaurant. And then we had settled on Red Lobster. And I'm like, oh, look, there's one just down the road in Anderson. It's not very many miles away. Turns out it was like 40 minutes for us to get there because I like to take back roads and drive slow. And But we ended up being... It took forever to find a restaurant to decide that we were going to go out to eat. And then it was a 40-minute drive. So I wasn't doing real good on the whole like husband list on the way there. And uh, But I do remember sitting there and talking about the vision for us. Think about all the things in your life that you have a vision for. Um and think about your marriage in relation uh, to importance of that. So when you sign a car loan, you have a vision and you're signing up for a vision that five years from now or four years or six years, depending on, you know, your credit score and how much you want your payment at, 
on when it's going to be paid off. Um, you have a vision at work that I am going to work for this position or, oh, I would like to do that. Or, yeah, you, you mentioned money earlier. I would like to make this much money or um, I have a vision to complete my schooling in a couple years. Like you have visions out there for things. And most of the time, those are things that are important to you. Um, but where does your marriage rank on that importance? And do you have a vision for that? I remember sitting down and talking about where Kendall's going to be, where the kids are going to be. Yeah. Um, we only had two at that time. The third one wasn't on the, the dockets, I don't believe, at that point in time. We need to have another another vision casting. Not for kids, right? Not for number? Okay. No, no, no. Good. Please, no. <laughs> um, okay, so I kind of want to pull communication into another realm um, and... I'm all, I'm totally open with if there's an instance where you can come back and talk about um, you know times where we've had these difficulties um, to share them because I think it's important. Um, you know, there's a church that we follow and they have a humble, open, and transparent you know way of doing their ministry, and that's my desire as these podcasts come out to you is that um, you know we're humble before God, being thankful that He's using us. Okay, we're open to talking about things that maybe not a lot of people are open to talk about. And we want to be vulnerable with you guys because we know that, um, you know, the enemy does put this thought in your head that you're the only one going through this or you're the only marriage that's struggling. No, that's exactly what that is, is a lie. There are hundreds of Christian centered, God loving couples that struggle and that go through things and we've been through a lot of things. And so when we're talking about communicating, I can remember, um, you know, the first thing we have to remember though, before I talk about that is, um, you know, we are both centers. We are both going to fail. I found this, um, I was listening to a few other marriage podcasts earlier in the week, just to kind of get my brain around just different topics and to make sure that I come at this with some good, you know, credible information for you guys and advice. And Instead then, of me, and just then with Jesse, nothing. Jesse just comes in with the with the good remarks and the men man she, aspect. She won't tell me the topic because I'm a, a researcher, and then when I get the facts and all that, then I turn he's into just, just like a robot. A, he's I just, just like a teacher; he'll just facts. spit out all the facts, and I'm just like boring. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard this lady say this when um when one um during a podcast this week, and it says every marriage is the union of two sinners. And we have to make sure that, you know, looking at your spouse, um, they're a sinner. He's a sinner. And so are you though. (laughs) We're both sinners. There's Romans 323 for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. Yeah. But thank Jesus for grace and mercy. And we have to extend that grace and mercy. We were just telling the kids that last night, we have to give grace to our brother and sister when they are just being, Oh, they're, they're going to be good communicators. So here's the exercise, uh, slash, uh, what's another word? What's it? Torture. (laughs) No torture (laughs) that broke, put them through yesterday. They, they were being, um, turds. I'm going to say it. Okay. They, they weren't being nice to each other. They love each other, but they weren't being nice to each other. I didn't get to witness it. But what I got to witness is when I got home from work, they each had a list of compliments about the other person. She made them do like a Bible study and um, they each had to research a Bible verse and, and find out what it meant. And then they had to compliment each other and they had these little lists. And so we're sitting around the table eating dinner. And then when they were done, Brooke made them pull their list out 
and compliment the other person. Talk about tough and and having an eight and a 13 year old boy and girl do this to each other. Imagine trying to do that in your marriage. Could you sit down? across the table from the other one and actually that you're like really upset with because oh, like they were oh, really yeah. upset with each that's other true. like it wasn't as hard for landon because i think maybe just his age um yeah. kendall 13 she was just like this is the worst thing you could oh, ever have me do my brother so is so annoying and i have to sit here and tell five things about him that are good i can't even think of one <laughs> you know what i mean he's a boy yeah <laughs> and so it was really neat though i think it was uh, yeah i mean they don't think it's neat, but they won't forget it. And I do believe that it'll be a skill that they can use in a marriage during tough times. Like you said, in a heated topic, you have to look at the person and you have to remember that that's the person you married and that you love that person, even though you're very mad at them at that moment, but that's still the same person that you love, that you married and that, uh, you're going to be with for the rest of your life. So don't burn a bridge. And you have to remember that you can't look at him or her through your natural eyes. You have to look at him the way that God sees them and God sees them, you know, beautiful and, and worthy and chosen and called and, and all of, you know, he sees each of us at our best capability, you know, because he designed and created us. And we have to remember that, you know, they aren't the problem. They're not the one who has all the issues. You know, they're, they're a sinner just as much as I'm a sinner. Sometimes we have to check ourselves and say, listen, am I, am I coming at this correctly? Am I coming at it in a loving way? Or am I just like nagging? I found a scripture in Proverbs 15 and it says, or 27, 15 and 16. And it talks about a nagging wife. Did you know that there was a scripture about a nagging wife? I didn't. <laughs> no, I heard I, it. And I, I was like, oh my gosh. Cause I remember being a nagging wife and you're probably like, you're still nagging. Uh, no, don't put <laughs> words in my mouth, man. People are listening. Um, but it says a nagging wife is like rain falling continually on a roof and how like annoying that is. <laughs> Some people find that noise peaceful and it helps them sleep at night, but I get what you're saying. But it's like that and a nagging wife. And I think um, a lot of us, us wives out there need to understand that us coming at our husband, thinking he's the problem, thinking he's got it all wrong, thinking, you know, we've got all of our stuff together. We have to remember that we are a team we're both sinners. You know, we both need God's grace and mercy every single day. And we have to come together as a team and face the problem, you know, head on together. We're not facing each other. You know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against, you know, husband, wife. We're not wrestling against, um, you know, it's not, it's a spiritual thing. It's something going on spiritually that is, you know, keeping you guys separated and you have to come together and you have to figure out how are you going to overcome whatever it is that is coming at you. Yo guys, listen, she's, she's nagging for a reason. And I don't mean to be like, you're nagging, but I'm just, whatever, you know, the Bible, the, the Bible says it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't put that in here, but, but she's, she's, uh, she is coming at you with information that you need to hear um, and it's probably coming at you in the form of what some would consider to be nagging, uh, because it's very important to her. 
So she might not be 100% right. You might not be 100% in the wrong. You guys are going to have to end up meeting in the middle somewhere. But she wouldn't be doing that if it didn't mean something to her. <clears throat> and again, at that point, it, it kind of turns into a negotiation. You got to look at yourself in the mirror and go, she's saying this about me. And when you look in the mirror, you will probably see that same thing or something very similar to that. You'll go, oh, I see what she's saying. Um, it ain't that bad, but I see what she's saying. And you, you're you going to have to meet somewhere in the middle. And, um, you know, she said we're not fighting flesh or anything. Most likely, that's the enemy attacking you. Maybe because you guys were about to step up in your church and serve more. Uh, maybe it's it's right Maybe it's right before, like, let you're getting a, a large sum of money, like right before your tax checks comes in or something, and maybe together you guys were both about to make like a very wise decision for your family with that money, but instead the enemy gets in there and gets you mad at each other, and then you're like, well, I'm just gonna spend it and make me happy, and you never know what that's leading up to, so you gotta be real chill with that and realize that there's there's something there. Um, I remember, I think it was pastor a year or two ago, was, um, you know, there's there's some, probably some truth in every comment that somebody gives you. Um, as, as the leader of a church, he gets lots of comments from lots of different types of people, and I get that at work. And, um, you know, if somebody comes up to you and says something that, that you're like, that ain't true at all, um, that this person's just crazy. Most likely there's some sort of little truth in that. So, um, even when it's painful, make sure you listen and try to find what she's talking about. Yeah, that's really good. Um, there's always going to be some type of, of truth, even if it's, you know, small or whatnot. Um, and so I'm thinking about like those heated moments and maybe, um, you know, you're not on the same page, I can remember a point in our marriage, um, I don't know, this is probably seven, maybe years ago. Um, I can just remember sitting on the couch with you and just feeling like everything that I, I was feeling and everything that I felt, um, all of the things that I was saying, it felt like you didn't care. And I could see it in your eyes. You just weren't there. I think it, most of the time it was probably because you weren't spiritually there yet. Mm-hmm. Um so maybe you can help some people who are listening today that, you know, maybe the spouse isn't spiritually there yet and the wife is nagging. What can you take us back to moments like that? Or Oh yeah, that's easy. Um, and maybe what you learned, I guess. Yeah. So, um, the, let's say the better my life has gotten by getting closer and closer to God the more I understand and I can look back on the term, you always hear about soft hearts and hard hearts. And I'll, I'll tell you what, it's, it is something that is like, it's a fact. Um, when somebody's heart is hard, I'm trying to think, Maybe I was listening to Billy Graham yesterday, and he was he was giving a big speech in a giant baseball stadium, and he was talking about people's hard hearts and people that were coming to his message and probably going to hear him, and his message probably would have hardened their hearts more, you know, probably because they would have got convicted about something instead of opening up to it that they would have just gotten a little bit harder. But I'll tell you what, if somebody's heart is hard, um, 
you cannot break its shell. Right. So um, you're you're going at something that uh, has a Rockwell hardness up in yeah, the 90s. Yeah, and as, you're, as the person that's going at it, you feel exhausted, frustrated, like mm-hmm. there is no hope. Yeah. It, you ain't getting through it. You know, let's say it's, you know, it's harder than a diamond or whatnot, and you're trying to break through it with like a Twizzler or something, but you're, you're not going to do it. Yeah. in the natural, no yeah. words, no, nothing no. that I could have said to you. Nope. Could have, you know, it's bouncing off of it. And, and so in the, um, okay. I'm going to a little bit of material science here. There's something called work hardening in metal. Um, if you take your, let's say you take an old credit card or something, if you've ever been through any type of debt or whatnot and if you take that credit card and you bend it and you keep bending it and bending it and bending it it gets it its material properties change and it gets hard and it gets brittle and if you keep bending that card it eventually snaps and breaks and that happens in metal when you put cold work or when you work metal it gets harder there's certain types of metals that get harder and they lose their ability to do what they were meant to do and they just break at that point in time and you get a material material rupture and I'm telling you what, somebody's heart, when it's hard, you you can't break into it that way. you got to pray God, God to soften that heart. Yep. Um, you, I'm not putting all the weight on the opposite person. You know, if somebody has a hard heart, I'm not saying that the other person has to, to do everything to try to soften that part. Because that person has work that they need to do to soften their own heart. But most likely you're going to be able to affect their heart by actions and not words. words. I, I don't, I don't, to me, I don't think words are, are gonna, at least to my example, but when Brooke was talking about her feelings and all that, my heart was hard. He was just getting so much more angry and, and we were just, it felt like we were drifting further and further uh, yeah, apart. Yeah, it does. It pushes you apart. There's yeah. no doubt about that. And in that moment, I didn't know how to handle it. Um, I didn't know what to do. And so all I knew to do was to pray. You know, there are moments where we had those tough arguments. I can remember going up to my bedroom and just crying and praying on my pillow. And, or I can remember one time I got in my car out in the garage and just took my Bible and prayed out in the garage because I felt like I wasn't getting through and I wasn't, he wasn't, you know, listening. He, he didn't care. He didn't, I, all of these feelings I felt were true and, and just in the moment. And, um, if I just would have maybe come at it instead of, like he said, you know, with my words, but I loved him more or gave him grace more or, you know, did things for him to show him. Because if you think about your child, um, how positive reinforcement is usually the best way to do that. Um, you know, if you're nagging and you're coming at him and you're, you know, always fighting and, and with your words, um, that's going to negatively impact the relationship. You have to come at it with love and you have to think of ways to, you know, be more intentional. You know, maybe he's not seeing what you're seeing and and you're in a, you know, a battle that way. Maybe putting that to the side and saying, okay, God, I I understand he's not seeing it. His heart, his heart's not where it needs to be. Um, I give it to you. I'm going to go to a baseball game and enjoy a baseball game with him. I'm going to serve him more. Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago and just do things action wise to show him that I am not a nagging wife. I truly love you. I truly, you know, want the best for you. And you know, you're not there spiritually. You're not there mentally yet, but here's my, 
you know, and I think about the, the war room, you know, how, mm-hmm. um, she began to serve him instead of, you know, being letting, letting the emotion and the frustration push in the marriage. She put it aside and she served him and she cooked him dinner and she, you know, did all of these things out of love. And, um, his eyes were, you know, soonly opened and his heart was getting softened. And so, um, just coming at it at a, in a different way, you know, the Bible talks about our words and the power that rests in our words. We have the ability to, you know, speak life and death over things. Mm -hmm. And I love the end of it. I think I wrote it down somewhere. Let me see. Um, I love the end of it because it says you're going to eat whatever you are saying. Mm -hmm. And I think about, you know, an actual tree and the fruit that's on it, you know, if it's a bad apple, you know, that tree is going, going, that's, that's what you're going to eat. If you are spewing out bad things, if you are, you know, talking about your husband because he's frustrating you to your best friend and you're saying all of these awful things about him, um, be careful because what you are speaking out into the, you know, into the earth, into the atmosphere will come back to you to where you are eating it. I know that sounds crazy, but that is scripturally bound. Whatever you are speaking out, you will eat. If you're spewing negativity, you will receive it. Whatever you reap, you sow. And so be careful what you speak about your family. Be careful what you speak about your children. There are many times where the Lord has caught me when I've told Landon that he's lazy because you know, that's something in my natural, he is a lazy kid. That's natural. Me speaking that out is that he is going to come back and eat that. Mm -hmm. It's all about how you're saying that. And you know, I was, I listened to us. Um, I think it was someone who wrote a book about the, um, like the throne room of heaven and how the enemy takes whatever we, we speak out and he, throws it back as an accusation. And so when I say land in your, like, stop being lazy, um, up in the throne room of heaven, you know, Satan is pulling that he's saying Landon is lazy. Listen, that's what his mom said. His mom, his own mother said he was lazy. So be careful what you're speaking out into the world. Be careful what you're speaking out into the atmosphere, because whatever you're speaking, um, you will eat its fruit. Yeah. I remember in those times when it, when it does get heated, and and you're sitting there and um you know let's say there's name calling going whatnot or whatever i i remember those those situations they get so heated and when you when neither one of you can really shut up you know you're just going back and forth because shutting up in that moment is, is normally very very difficult and you're just going back and forth uh i remember sometimes like crossing the line saying something that I knew would end the conversation probably because you would get so mad. Um, your flesh at that point in time is like, you know what, I'll do anything to get out of this conversation right now. And you just say something. And then when Brooke would get mad and go up to her room or go in her car or whatever, I mean, the flesh in a man at that point in time is like, finally, a moment of peace, you know? That's so sad. I, it, but I'm being, we're truthful I and know, open and so honest sad. here, right? Yeah. For a man, they will do anything almost to get out of that situation because it's so uncomfortable. Um, it, to them, it would be some sort of like physical torture. Like, what do I got to do to stop this from happening to me to, right now? And not not that I wanted to hurt you or any of that, but my flesh was like, I can't take this pain anymore. Say this and she'll go away. 
and then and then when it's quiet then you're sitting there reflecting on the moment and as men we reflect on it but probably not as long as what we need to at that point in time and then we get back to uh, let's say watching a race or a football game or whatever we were doing before to try to try to forget the pain that we were just going through and, and your hard heart is trying to forget it instead of trying to figure out how to fix it and not let it happen again um so those are those are tough times there and and if you are let's say like you said calling people lazy or whatnot or whatever then they are probably you're you're just going to magnify that in them they they would say well she called me lazy and then you know um let's say i would hear her in the kitchen doing dishes or something and instead of going and helping in my mind it's like well she called me lazy i'm gonna be lazy and sit here and not go help do the dishes so yeah we gotta be real careful with that yeah um i I wish we could just shut up i know that's yeah Yeah. it's the most powerful our tongue is the most powerful thing you know that god gave us and you know just as we can bless we can also curse and so um, just being careful about what you're spewing out of your mouth when you're having those conversations. Um, you know, actions speak louder than words. Walk away. A there are thing, some, a lot of times there's some conversations that, you know, it's going nowhere. You know that you're not going to solve what you're talking about. You know it, you know it from the very beginning that it's not gonna work it's not gonna get solved in this moment it it isn't and so you cannot talk about it it's just gonna get worse just shut up and walk away and those are moments where you literally have to you know i was telling a friend about the scripture of um jehoshaphat this week and um in second chronicles where he was um he had an army. It was, you know, a small army and there was a massive army coming at him that they knew in their heart that there was no chance they were going to win. You know, the, the battle was way too big for them. They're the, the thing, the problem and take this for yourself. The, the problem, the topic, the, you know, the thing that you're not agreeing on was way too big for them. And so he had the common sense to seek the Lord. And, um, you know, he sought the Lord, the Lord told him, literally told him, you do not have to fight this battle. I, this battle is mine. I will win it for you. You don't have to do anything. All I need you to do is just stand. And I think sometimes when we're going through marital spats or marital issues or marital battles, you know, our, our thing is, you know, as women, even as men, you know, you're great at fixing things. Um, we want to fix problems with women. You know, we want to fix you. A lot of women want to fix men. You know, we, we want to fix you. We want to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to. We want to be your mom. We feel like a lot of times we're your mom trying to like make sure that you're making the right decisions, but, um, you're a grown man. I can't control you. I cannot control you. You're a grown man. You're almost 40. You're going to make it. You're going to make the decisions on your own. Um, I have to pray that God is mm-hmm. working through you and helping you make those decisions. And so that's what, you know, Jehoshaphat did is he prayed to God. God gave him the answer. And what happened is what, you know, he trusted God for. They stood, they sent their prayer, their singers and their psalmists in the front line. You know, they didn't have their strongest men out in the front line. They had their praisers on the front line. And as they were praising and marching towards um, God, you know, took that, those armies and they started fighting each other and they were all dead by the time they got there. Like, it's crazy. And so 
your battle sometimes is not yours to fight. You know, the thing that's causing the issue in your marriage may not be your battle to fight, but what God wants to tell you is, listen, just stand, do what you're doing. Praise me, you know, pray, do the things that I have commanded you to do. Read my word, you know, gain as much, you know, spiritual advice as you can and, and, and dive in and research. But at the end of the day, do you trust me or not? Am I going to win this for you or am I not? Because if it's in your hands, it's going to be, it's going to blow up. Yeah, when I say shut up and walk away from the argument, I mean the, you know, the actual argument between uh, you and your other. I don't, I don't necessarily mean just give up on the situation at all. Um, you could refocus your energy or should refocus your energy on God's word, the intent for your relationship, and go down that path. So it doesn't necessarily just since you're done talking or walk away it doesn't mean that the fight is over. Um, there are definitely biblical things that you can do and follow. Um, Cause a lot of the times that. if, if you're in those moments, you're only seeing, you know, what's the issue with him or vice versa issue with me. You don't have any. Um, and so a lot of times though, is there are some things inside of us that we're not handling correctly mm-hmm. and you're only going to find those things out by spending time with God. He's a really good at like, you know, pulling things out of you, making you see that, yeah, I shouldn't have said that, you know, making, um, making us more aware, doing a self check and making sure our hearts are pure. You know, the, in Psalms, it talks about uh, creating me a clean heart, a pure heart, you know, God, am I coming at it from the purest and the most holy place that you want me to? Cause if, if I'm not, then it's not great for the marriage. Yeah. In pastor's message on uh, Wednesday night, um, I know, you know, probably by the time you listen, this would be like two Wednesday nights ago, but they, uh, one of his last points was there's no outpouring without purity in the, uh, what was it? Righteousness category at the end of favor. It was, there's no outpouring without purity. So if, if you want God in that situation, then do exactly what Brooke is talking about and stop and ask him about it to show you, you not just show you the other person, um, the old famous Michael Jackson song, man in the mirror, you know, don't forget to, if a situation's going south, we need to take a look and see if we are the problem in that situation. Of course we're not. Of course it's the other person totally that is wrong, but uh, don't forget to at least look back at yourself. Yeah. But me looking back at how I handled things seven years ago, like was not correct either, you know? And I don't know if in that moment I had the, (laughs) the common sense to, you know, look at myself. I'm not saying that I did, but I wish that I probably could have handled it a lot differently than just, you know, yelling at you (laughs) and trying to get you to wake up. Um, you know, we live and we learn and that's what we hope these podcasts are just, you know, speaking truth to you. We are 45 minutes in, which is absolutely crazy. I feel like we just started. Um, yeah. So my foot's asleep. (laughs) We, um, (laughs) just really quick, some practical, communication tips you know how can we communicate practically like what are some ways like one thing that we do um you know if we're scheduling things we do our calendar app um Mm -hmm. which is really great getting us on the same page we both whenever there's something going on we put it in our calendar app and we invite the other person and if there's an issue then we talk about it and that's a really good practical way can you think of any other practical ways i know that it's a real good way for you to decline the the goofy stuff that i want to do you won't accept my race going to race invites or something like that but 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 not like three days in a row no but it's (laughs) but it's communicating 
you know, you're letting me know. Nope. <laughs> you know, it's communicating. But having conversations after is Why? key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, I like to send you that stuff before you wake up in the morning. So it's the first thing. So I see. get <laughs> super upset when I first wake up. Well, I get up early. Um, so communicating is, oh man, how do you, how do you put like some tips on it without saying like, it's a two way street, you know, <laughs> any of like the normal stuff. Um, you, you cannot do it without face to face. You can't. And it is hard nowadays. Um, we eat dinner as a family every night that we can. When we're home, we eat dinner as a family. And uh, I, I see Brooke's face. That's when we communicate the best. We can communicate over email and text and all that. But face-to-face is, is huge. Um, at work, we learn that more and more. That um, you'll start seeing uh, like an email battle go back and forth. Somebody will say something. Another person will say something. Then somebody will send it back. Then you realize that there's like 15 people on this email and these two people are going back and forth and you have to call them and you have to say, stop, you know, let's, let's call the other person and let's, let's meet up. Um, so my, my top tip pro tip would be, it has to be face to face and it is not easy at first. Sometimes it's a Saturday morning. Sometimes it's every night at dinner. Sometimes it's in a car. But uh, it isn't easy, but it does get easier with practice just like everything else. Yeah, or even like, you know, once the kids are in bed and, and you know, we kind of wind down, there's, you know, times at the end of the day where we're, um, you know, in bed before we're like actually asleep. Um, but even like just being more intentional, you know, mm-hmm. if if she's cooking dinner, you know, don't just sit and watch TV, you know, get up and and come and, you know, talk about your day or, you know, as as she's cleaning up dinner or as he's cleaning up dinner, you know, don't just, you know, go get on your phone. Be intentional, get up, go and help and and talk and, and just being more intentional, I think is really one of the biggest, um, you know, pieces of advice. I think texting is important throughout the day. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times, um, you know, man's at work or, you know, vice versa. And, um, there's no communication all day long, you know, sending a, just a sweet little, you know, Hey, thinking about you text really means a lot, you know, a lot to a woman really means a lot to me. Yeah. Put some emojis in there or not. I'm not a big emoji person, but Brooke texts me back with emojis. And uh, sometimes I'm like, Hey, what, what do those mean? When you, <laughs> like, I don't really get it. Like what's that face? So I, I don't really understand emoji language very well, but it, it does. Listen, you're picking up your phone for other reasons Then you need to stop and send a message to your loved one. If they if they cross your mind, let them know it. Um, what if they don't cross your mind? No, that's a whole other topic. I know there probably are days like that, you know. Yeah. And but you would probably notice, like, uh, well, I wonder what they're up to. Like, I haven't thought about them all day, and you're thinking about them. You're thinking about yourself, not thinking about them. So you need to let them know that you're at least thinking about them. Yeah, the little things mean something. Um, they, I don't know if we get too personal or whatnot, but like. We're at 51 minutes, so we're going to go ahead and. <laughs> no, no, like, okay, so 
like guys will guys will plan like big date nights all right and it's supposed to be like huge on romance and all that like when they go to plan that um but you cannot just come home from work and uh expect everything to go as planned like the planning for a date night or a romantic evening not only do the plans start you know weeks before that or something but uh, I, I'm this is outside of uh, spontaneity but but the the flirting has to happen for days in advance um, from what I have learned <laughs> is that you you can't tick her off on Wednesday yeah, and good. then try to take her out on a romantic night on Friday, you yeah. know, and make up for it. No, you, you have to uh, caress that relationship for days. Like, if you're going out on a date night, do not ignore her all day and then expect to come home and come through the door and her just be ecstatic about a date night. You know, you text her that you're excited that you that you want to spend just time with her with no kids or any of that like it takes it takes work it's it's little work it's just a few text messages throughout the day which, it's romance yeah yeah it's flirting you yeah. gotta flirt with your wife yes i like it when you flirt with me yeah. okay so <laughs> we are gonna wrap we this go. up <laughs> <laughs> um you know i hope that this you know, helped you guys. I hope that, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, with God's help will, um, you know, give you the words, give you the avenues. If you find yourself in tough situations that we talked about today, you know, seeking advice is great and and dandy, but you need, you need to seek first, um, God, what he says, you know, seek first the kingdom, seek first his will and all things will be added to you, my friend. Um, we love you guys. We appreciate you listening. This was a long one, but I hope that, you know, you enjoyed it. It was fun. We had fun doing it, right? That's right. All right. And we will see you next week.